Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church Podcast. We hope that this message inspires you and brings impact to your life. Enjoy the message. I'm typically not a long text kind of guy, but I just, I just felt this today. Peter and John are seeing widespread success. They preach the gospel. We're in the book of Acts chapter 4, if you want to turn there. Begin reading at verse 1. Now, as they spoke to the people, talking about Peter and John, the priests, the captain of the temple, and the Sadducees came upon them, being greatly disturbed that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. Made them mad. They didn't like it. It was disturbing to them. Verse 3 says, they laid hands on them and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. However, many of those who heard the word believed, and the number of the men came to about 5,000. Don't tell me God can't do big things quickly. 5,000 believed. 5,000 men believed. And it came to pass on the next day that the rulers, elders, and scribes, as well as Annas, the high priest, Caiaphas, John, and Alexander, and as many as were of the family of the high priest, were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, by what power or by what name have you done this? I love it when people ask me, how did that happen? Wasn't me. I didn't do it in my own name. I have no magical powers. I have no special powers. I Anything that happens in this church, any miracle that takes place, amen, anybody that's filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, it's not because of me. I'm going to stand here and tell you straight up, it's because of everything that Jesus Christ did. It's because of the one that we serve today. He's the reason. Peter, filled with the Spirit, and that's important for you to understand, he's filled with the Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means has he has been made well, then let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you whole. This is the stone which was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone, nor is there salvation in any. He just keeps digging. (laughs) He's pointing a few fingers. He's pointing a few fingers. And then he's saying, and by the way, the one that you crucified, the one that you rejected, he's the chief cornerstone. And there is salvation in no other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled, and they realized that they had been with Jesus. It's never an insult, never an insult for somebody to recognize you as a follower of Jesus Christ. They recognized them as being with Jesus. And seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. The evidence was there. (laughs) 
But when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, they conferred among them, saying, What shall we do to these men? For indeed, a notable miracle has been done through them. That is evident to all who dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. Verse 17 is where I take my key text from, because this is what they said. But so that it spreads no further among the people. I don't want this thing spreading. Let us severely threaten them that from now on they speak to no man in this name. And they called them and commanded them not to speak at all nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said to them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God, you judge. They basically looked him straight in the eye and said, um, listen, fellas, we're hearing one thing from God and we're hearing something else from you. Now, you tell me, who do you think we're going to listen to? For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. I just want to preach to you, if you'll give me 15 or 20 minutes here, contagious, contagious. You may be seated. Whether we like it or not, we have been made painfully aware over the past few years of the effects of being contagious, right? I mean, uh, we all uh, in the not too far distant past can remember what it was like, all the rules and the regulations that were uh, imposed upon us. We've learned what quarantine means. <laughs> yeah, I think most of us at one time or another over the past three years spent a few days sitting at home and uh, not going anyplace or doing anything. And we learned what it means to stay six feet apart and you go in grocery stores and and different places of business, and you would see little staging areas and little plastic stickers on the on the floor, you know, uh, spacing people out, making sure they didn't get too close to each other. Work from home became a huge thing, and many were very uh, excited about that. I don't have to go to work anymore. My son was one of those were, who was able to begin to work at home and Eventually, they finally called most of them back into the office, and that was kind of a sad day for him, realizing he was going to have to get up and get dressed. He couldn't work in his PJs the rest of the day, you know. He was going to have to actually put on a, a tie and a shirt and, and dress shoes and head off to his place of employment and go to work and drive the distance and, and clock in and clock out. And we remember what it felt like to have to uh, wear a mask if we wanted to go inside of certain places or go inside of a hospital, there's still some places that are still enforcing some of these rules. And all of these efforts, all of these uh, things that were put in place were for one common purpose, and that was for containment of a virus that was sweeping the globe. I don't remember ever seeing anything quite like that in my lifetime. I know there, there have been other things that are kind of on that same scale, and Lots of people passed away. We, we lost some very precious folks to us from this church. It wasn't that we were not taking it seriously. We were taking it seriously, but, but that we found out that it is hard to contain something once it has made its way out of containment. That barn door got left open, and the cow got out, and it was hard to get the cow back in, right? 
We found out very quickly, I can still remember saying, well, we have our first case in the United States of America. We were hoping that somehow we could keep it someplace else. But it finally made its way to our shores as it swept across our nation, affecting all of us. They tried to contain it in every way possible. I'm sure that in some ways it was able to slow it down, possibly. But I know of certain people that went into isolation, stayed away from everything and everybody, and still came down sick. Somehow, some way, it made it to where they were. They touched something. Maybe it was just in the, I don't know. Who knows? But I do know this. It seems as if it was unstoppable. Seems like even those that ran could run and run and run, be as cautious and as careful as they possibly could, and yet still, yet still somehow it reached where they were. People didn't come out of their homes a lot. The church was empty at times. My job, now my job was considered essential because of its nature. And I can remember how strange it was to be, especially on Saturdays in Fairview Heights, I'd run this particular route that covered about five different counties, but I I kind of ended my day in Fairview Heights. And if you've ever been in Fairview Heights on a, on a Saturday and in normal conditions, that's a busy place. The shopping mall is there and all the, the Rosses and the TJ Maxx and all the restaurants and anything and everything that you could possibly want is there. They've got a Lowe's and a Home Depot and a, and a Menards. They've got, they've got everything there. Any kind of food that you want, you drive into that town and it, you're going to be busy getting through a little bit of traffic and, and the parking lots are going to be filled up on a Saturday, but I would come in there on a Saturday, and it was strangely, eerily quiet, and it just was kind of creepy, if you know what I mean. Stores that you were used to seeing lit up were now darkened. I remember my wife, we were on quarantine at one particular time. We were so tired of being in the house. We hopped in our car and drove all the way to Farmington, Missouri to get a Jimmy John sandwich. And here's the dumb part. Neither one of us could taste a thing. We were sitting there in our car eating our sandwiches going, "Mm, I know this has to taste good. I'm sure this tastes great. I was pounding down the calories, couldn't taste a thing. All soda, no matter what, tasted like Sprite to me. You couldn't taste nothing. It's weird times. Weird times. There are some things that simply cannot be stopped. You know, one of the things that bothered me the worst was trying to figure out how to keep the word going, how to keep the church going. We had to get very creative, didn't we, fellas? <laughs> I remember I remember a lot of Sundays and Wednesday nights. First, it started off in our home, and we would gather in our living room, and, and somebody would set up the, the live stream, and we start off with, 
with a little phone and, and, and we would sing a few songs and, and teach a lesson or have a biblical conversation, whatever you would call it, trying to get the word to those that would join us on Facebook Live. And then we got fancy and high tech and we got some special lighting and we, we brought some music up into the upper room up there in the youth room and we would play and sing and uh, just a small handful of us would gather together. You know, those are fond memories now. I look back on those times and I think, my goodness, the, the world tried to shut us down. The devil, I think, tried to shut the church down. But there are some things that once it's out of the bag, there ain't no coming back from it. And God's word is one thing that is unstoppable. You're not going to stop the church, honey. You're not going to stop God's word from going forward. God will make a way even when there seems to be no way. I remember feeling the power and the anointing. I remember standing right here and preaching to empty pews. Nobody was here. The pews may have been empty, but the hearts were still being filled. God was still moving. God was still reaching. God was still speaking because God's word is something that cannot be shut up in a box. It is meant for the entire world to feel it. We are the church, and God's church is supposed to be a church that is contagious. We are filled with something. We carry something with us, and it's not just for me, but I want it to touch everybody and everything that I put my hands on. There's always been an effort to silence God and his word. Peter and John were finding out firsthand what it meant to be contained. Our enemy wants to contain us. Five thousand new believers in Jesus Christ, that would create quite a stir. I mean, think about that in the city in which we live here. If you take that and just bring it down to 500, if all of a sudden by this time next Sunday, 500 people tried to fit in this building, don't think for a second that people wouldn't be talking. Don't think for a second that they wouldn't be wondering, what in the world is going on there? <laughs> I'm not saying it can't happen. I'm not saying we can't have people walking for blocks to get to our church. I'm not saying that we wouldn't have to have several services just to minister to the people because there is something when it begins to spread, amen, about the Holy Ghost that is infectious. It's contagious. Amen, it begins to move. I'm telling you what happened in Asbury can happen in Sparta. What happened in different places in third world countries can happen in Sparta. Amen. But we have to understand that what we have is meant to be shared with others. We are contagious. So 5,000 new believers. But you had the critics, and you're always going to have the critics when God decides to move. Just, just know that. They said, we got to get this under control or it's going to get out of hand. we got to contain this. So they grab Peter and John and they throw them in prison overnight so that it was an evening time. We'll deal with this tomorrow. Make sure they don't get out of town. Make sure they don't leave. Throw them in jail overnight. We'll contain them. We'll, we'll hang on to them. We'll try to 
and close them, and we'll make sure that, that they can't do any more harm tonight. We'll question them tomorrow. The questioning began by asking whose authority, whose name are you doing this in? One thing that, that always shocked me with the whole corona thing was all of a sudden nobody had the flu anymore. Anybody coughed or sneezed, corona. Lord, don't don't sneeze in a public place. Might as well have just pulled the 357 Magnum out of your out of your side pocket and shot one off in the air. I mean, people scattered every which way. Everything went back to the virus. They said, who gave you the authority to do what you're doing? And Peter, and I love the way that the, the word words this right here, being filled with the Holy Ghost. It doesn't just say, and Peter said, it says, and Peter, <clears throat> being filled with the Holy Ghost. That it's by Jesus Christ that we stand here before you today. The same Jesus that you crucified. The same Jesus that you hung on the cross is the reason that this man that is walking today, he used to be lame, but he no longer is lame. There is a notable miracle standing before them, and yet they still try to shut down the good news of Jesus Christ. But they can't deny what they see. So they say, what shall we do to these men? For indeed, that a notable miracle has been done through them. That's evident to all who dwell in Jerusalem. This thing can't be hid. When miracles begin to happen, it can't be hidden. When God began to fill people with the Holy Ghost, it can't be hidden. People are going to know about it. They're going to talk about it. So those that criticize it, they've got to try to figure out a way to disclaim it. We can't deny this, but so it spreads no further among the people. Let us threaten them that from now on they speak to no man in this name. So that's what they did. They called them. They commanded them. Listen, gentlemen, we really don't have much against you. You've already stirred up enough trouble. We don't want to see any more of this. No longer are you allowed to speak, teach, talk about the name of Jesus. You can't go around just healing people that are lame all their life in the name of Jesus. We can't have you going around and performing miracles. You're going to upset the apple cart. You're going to make us look bad because it's not happening where we're at. Well, the reason it wasn't happening where they were at is because they had not yet received what Peter and John had received. 
They were still trying to stay away from it. They were wearing their spiritual masks. They were keeping their spiritual distance. They were isolating themselves from the very thing that could have changed their life. Amen. That's what I'm talking about today. If we can go through a world that has a pandemic in it and, and it spreads across and wreaks havoc everywhere, then I think the world also deserves to have a pandemic, amen, of spiritual proportion so great that it equals and outshines every bad thing that happened through uh, the last couple of years. I believe that God wants to take us and use this church to spread his gospel. Peter and John answered, sorry, you may not like it. You may not agree with us. You may not understand what's taking place. But we cannot but speak the things that we have seen and heard. Asking our music to come today. We can't have this. You've got to stop talking like that. Don't even say the name Jesus. You ever been around people like that? I, I, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it, Dad. I don't want to hear it, Mom. I don't want to hear it, co-worker. There needs to be something inside of us that says, I, I, sorry, I just can't help myself. I've got to, got to talk about the name of Jesus. I can't but tell of the goodness of God towards me. Would you stand today? Mark chapter 16 and 15. The word of the Lord says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Here's the deal. The Holy Ghost is exactly the opposite of the virus that spread across. The virus that made so many sick, that took so many lives, the Holy Ghost is here. The Holy Ghost was given. The Holy Ghost was that was first poured out in that upper room in the book of Acts was given as the antidote. What you and I carry with us today is meant to be shared. It's meant to touch other people's lives. You touch them through the way that you live, through the way that you love, and how you care for people. See, Jesus Christ came to seek and save that which was lost. He's very, very clear on who it's for. Because we all know that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, right? We've, we've, all, we've all been infected. Sin spread very rapidly. As a matter of fact, it was instantaneous. Whew. The next thing you knew, 
everybody. Everybody was affected by it. But along came a man named Jesus Christ who was the answer for the plague of sin. And there's enough of him, there's enough of the antidote to heal every single person who's ever been affected by sin. But it's got to be administered. We've got to reach them with the answer. The Bible tells us that he didn't come to condemn the world, but to save it. The reason he didn't come to condemn the world was because we were already condemned. It would have just been a double condemnation. Like, what do you do to the guy that's already on death row? How do you frighten him? How do you threaten him? Already on death row, what are you going to do? I'm already scheduled to die. What are you going to do? How are you going to how are you going to scare me? But when you give somebody something to live for, Jesus didn't come to condemn us because we were already condemned. He came to save us. He came to give us a hope, something to live for. And he put this thing inside of us called his spirit. But it just wasn't meant to affect you. That spirit is not to just move to you. It's meant to move through you. That's why it's a river. Out of your belly shall flow what? Not stagnant ponds, not cesspools. Rivers of living water. Rivers moving constantly. Flowing. There's a woman... Her story is one that starts off very touch and go, but ends with victory. She's been caught in the act of adultery. Her accusers bring her. They find Jesus. They drag her down there, and they throw her before him. Her guilt was not in question. You don't find her saying, no, I didn't do it. They got it all wrong. I'm being set up. I'm being framed. She knew. She knew she was guilty. They brought her expecting judgment. But the very one they expected to judge her showed her mercy. Jesus says, let the, let the person that's never sinned, let him cast the first stone. There was only one standing there that qualified to do so, and he wouldn't even pick one up. One by one, the rocks began to fall. The people began to drift away. The woman, I'm sure still feeling the shame, probably head still bowed, waiting for the first rock to strike her body. 
to die an agonizing death. Jesus finally says, woman, where are thine accusers? I believe at that moment, that's when she probably picked her head up. For the first time, she realized that it was just her and Jesus standing there that everybody else had left. She said, they're gone. And that's when he said those beautiful words, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. If anybody knows what it feels like to have the Lord take their sins away, it's the folks that are sitting and standing in here today with me. If anybody knows that feeling of knowing you're guilty but being shown mercy, see, the church is not called to accuse. We're called to spread good news. Best news that lady had ever heard in her life. But Jesus didn't just forgive her. He directed her. I'm not here to condemn you, but I don't want you going back to the same place that got you here in the first place. There needs to be a lifestyle change because next time they not, may not bring you before me. Next time you may not get in my presence. A godly church will always have the spirit of mercy working in it. I want this church to be a church where people can walk through the doors and have hope. People that are broken can find people that will love them, people that will care for them, people that will cry with them, people that will help try to understand them, but most of all, people that won't accuse them but extend a hand of mercy and then help them rise above the thing that got them into the sad state of affairs that they were in in the first place. What we're about to embark on with landmark groups is simply another way of administering the antidote for sin. Sometimes we administer in an altar. Sometimes we administer it in a coffee shop. Sometimes we administer it when we swing the golf club and we have to holler four. You know what four means, right? That's a nice way of saying, watch out. I always like when the doctor offers me different options for medicine. Well, Doug, you need to take such and such to take care of that. I keep waiting. What's he going to tell me? Oh, you got to have this series of shots. I always like it when he say, says, you know, we do have that in pill form. I'll take the pill, please. Not everybody <laughs> responds the same way. Some require a different form of delivery. This is simply another avenue 
to deliver. Let's not forget that. This is all about souls. It's always going to be about souls. It's always going to be about reaching the lost. Everything we do, but there are some times where we have to have the delivery system a little bit different. Ultimately, we're bringing people to the body of Christ. I wonder today if you'd bow your heads. I want you to understand that it's okay to talk about the Lord. It's okay to be contagious when you have the answer. Don't let anyone stop you from spreading what you've seen and what you've heard. I know that we're getting ready to go into the fellowship hall in a few minutes, but I just wonder today, would you raise your hands if you're willing to allow God to just use you? If you're willing to let God just speak through you, would you just lift your hands and ask him to help you become sensitive to those that are around you so that you can reach them with the good news. You can reach them with the antidote. You can reach them with the answer. Oh, God has called us here for such a time as this. Just as Esther stood before the king, not knowing how she would be received, but God had already established some things before her. There were a, an entire group of people that needed her to stand in the gap so that they didn't find themselves extinct. And I wonder today, who is it that needs you to be the mouth? Who is it that needs you to reach out to them? Who is it that needs you to speak a word of encouragement? Who is it that needs you just to love them a little bit? Who is it that needs you to speak to them, Jesus? I just pray that God would convict us right now. God, convict us today, Jesus. Lord, just to be willing just to be willing to be that church that would stand in the gap, that word, that church that is willing, Jesus, to reach those that need you. Touch us, God, and give us strength. Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those that give generously to this ministry. If you would like more information, please visit our website at landmarkapostolicchurch.net. But have a great day and God bless.